Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. ESPNU is how you can watch us. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM80, all of our great ESPN stations yesterday. We saw three games across the NFL. Packers, upset win over the Lions, 29-22. Jordan Love looked awesome. Cowboys destroy Washington, 45-10. Dak looked awesome. Wow, amazing to think. Matt LaFleur, Mike McCarthy, quarterbacks probably watch those offenses and would salivate at the idea of playing for either one of those guys. <clears throat> um, and San Francisco beats Seattle last night, 31-13. Quarterbacks not necessarily salivating to play in that Washington offense. And we have had the conversation about what's next there in Washington with the idea of Ron Rivera potentially being on the hot seat. Conventional wisdom would all have us say, well, of course, they got Eric Bieniemy sitting there. But what we have done uh, is divide Eric Bieniemy's time, right? If you look at Eric Bieniemy with the Chiefs, should have been a head coach by now. If you look at Eric Bieniemy with the Commanders, you should listen back to what CC said as we just played from a couple of days ago, which is just based on his time there. How do you hand the job to him, CC? I, I don't know how you do it. Like, I get it. The talent might not be the best on the offensive side of the ball, especially up front, which might lead to why Sam Howell's been sacked 55 times in 12 games. But as an offensive coordinator, at some point you got to know, hey, we can't hold up up front. We got to find another way to get productivity in the passing game without doing five and seven step drops. Just something to think about. But when you look at that and you also include the turnovers, no offense has more giveaways than the Washington Commanders. When those issues that you're facing with that unit are so fundamental to the sport, you have to blame not only the players, but the coaching staff. You're either coaching it or you're letting it happen. That's what Bill Parcell said. And Eric Bieniemy has been letting a lot of bad stuff slide when it comes to that Washington Commanders offense. But I'm still curious. <laughs> I'm still a little curious. Are you guys not? I know it hasn't been an inspired offense in Washington. There's nothing that Eric Bieniemy has really done this season that has made you jump out of your seat and say he's going to be a head coach next year. He's left Patrick Mahomes. He's left Andy Reid. He's left Kansas City and the success there. And he's found a way to make it equal in Washington. We're not having that conversation. But I still am curious, based on his prior stop and the prior body of work, to see what he could do as a head coach. I think that maybe we should view it as, does Eric Bieniemy deserve the Josh McDaniels treatment? Here's somebody who had all the success in the world with Bill Belichick, with Tom Brady, and one specific franchise. He goes to the St. Louis Rams. Trust me, I'm a St. Louis Rams survivor. It wasn't good, you guys. It was really, really mm. bad. But he mm. goes back to New England, and he got the opportunity with the Colts, left them at the altar. He got oh, he prior got the opportunity, and Denver wasn't bad. or It wasn't great. Excuse me. It was bad. And then he still got another opportunity with the Raiders. I'm just wondering if we eventually are going 
going to arrive at the destination with Eric Bieniemy, where we say what's happening now doesn't really matter that much, and we're always going to default to Patrick Mahomes and the success there and give him a shot. All right, so Cece, I've been thinking about this. As you and Smalls have broken this down, and I'm sitting here listening, and you've asked the question about are we being too tough on him because you know he has had a bad year this year. I think here's what I would say. If I could split the difference and tell me what you guys think about this. I think what we're experiencing now is when we play the results – which version of this guy we know is actually the real version of him. In other words, if Ron Rivera is not the guy and he is ousted and Biennemi takes over and they start clicking, okay, he's really the, the Chiefs offensive coordinator. If they start stinking, he's really the commander's offensive coordinator. I think he's giving us ammo to play the results. Does that make sense? No, I get where you're coming from, but here's the thing that I don't understand. And SP, one of our producers on the show today, brought this to my attention in the break. How are you going to lead the league in passing and Terry McLaurin, your best player on offense, wide receiver, doesn't have one 100-yard receiving game all season? How is that possible? Tell me, guys, how is that possible? Like, I get it. Targets is one thing, but having a way where you can get the ball in that guy's hands in order for him to make plays is going to be huge. He's only got one game this season where he has more than six catches. That's just inexcusable for a guy that's a Pro Bowl receiver and one of the best in the game. I don't understand that. As a coordinator, it's your job to scheme up the X's and O's to get that guy the football. Mm -hmm. That's what good coordinators do. Hell, that's what good coaches do. Coach, every good coach that I played for, whether it's Parcells, Tom Coughlin, John Harbaugh, Al Groh in college, they say think players first, then plays. Think, who are the guys that can make a difference in my team winning a game? And then how can I get them the football? That's what the scheme is going to be for that given week against our opponent. How can I get the ball into the hands of my playmakers? It's clear and obvious that Eric Bieniemy is not doing a good enough job of that. Now, a lot of that is on Sam Howell. I get it his first full year as a starter, but it's up to the coach to ingrain in the quarterback, hey, we got to feed this guy the football because if we don't, we're not going to have a chance of being a very good offense and being a very good team. And they haven't gotten Terry McLaurin the ball nearly enough in order to make differences in games. And that's just one of the examples that I'll point to as to why I don't think what Eric Bieniemy has done through the first 12 games has been good enough. 888-SAY-ESPN, telephone number to join us in the Dr. Pepper call in line. A lot of people want to weigh in on the best Thanksgiving day after leftovers, which we're going to get to in a second. I just want to pepper some questions at you guys about yesterday's games. First off, more of an MVP candidate right now, Smalls, Dak or Purdy? It feels like Dak Prescott. Even though Brock Purdy has been efficient, he's been very successful last week, he had a perfect passer rating, it still feels like Dak is more transformative in regards to his team's success. And I I don't want to disparage Brock Purdy in any way, but we've seen when he doesn't have a healthy complement of weapons around him that he's not quite the same player, so I would lean more towards Dak. Yeah, I'm going to lean toward Dak too. Uh, I mean, you know... the, the- the numbers are right there, guys. When you look at both quarterbacks, I mean, they are right there. The thinnest of margins separate the two when it comes to pretty much every major statistical category that we associate with passers. But I got to give the edge to Dak just because the supporting cast for San Francisco is so much better than what's around Dak Prescott. There's so many unproven commodities around Dak, save CeeDee Lamb, Whereas when you look at the San Francisco 49ers, you got all pros all over the place. George Kittle, all pro tight end. Debo Samuel, all pro wide receiver. Christian McCaffrey, all world running back. Trent Williams, all pro left tackle, one of the best in the game. Like there's so much 
all pro talent. Kyle Juszczyk, the best fullback in the game. Brandon Ayuk, a Pro Bowl wide receiver. Like, you've got so much talent, whereas with Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, it's CeeDee Lamb and not a whole lot else. You know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. hoping that they get more from Brandon Cooks. They're hoping that they get more from Tony Pollard in the run game. They're hoping that those young tight ends round in the form. With, with San Francisco, it's much more proven, and that's why I give the edge to Dak. Dak has to be – Dak has less margin for error when it comes to him playing quarterback game in, game out than Brock Purdy does. All right, Smalls, Jordan Love is the guy or could be the guy? Gosh, yesterday was pretty intoxicating if you're a Packers fan, right? He looked unbelievable yesterday. He took control of that game and never gave it back to Detroit. Some of those throws he was making were absolutely surgical. He had that 37-yard run in the fourth quarter that made a lot of people sit up from their turkey comas. I know that he's been in the walls of the organization for more than one year, for three years, but it still is his first year, and maybe he needed a bit of a calibration period to arrive at where he is right now. But after yesterday, I'm ready to say that he's the guy. Yeah, I'm going to say he's the guy, too. That's real. And that touchdown throw that he had to Jaden Reed, that's throwing a football through a keyhole. Like I mean, That was just unbelievable. Heavy, so heavy traffic, unbelievable. being able to thread that football in there. I mean, but also his ability to be able to throw the ball with touch down the field. Like Jordan Love was great on pass attempts of 15 yards or more down the field. I want to say he was four for seven, over 100 yards passing on such throws. So, I mean, you, you saw the guy use some touch, and then he had the one throw where he's scrambling out the right side of the pocket, and he throws the ball back across the field to the left side of the field. Like he's just – there are certain things that you can't teach or coach that Jordan Love can physically do. And that's why I think with more game reps and having an opportunity to play in November and December style football, it's going to bode well for him in terms of his overall development. So I like where Jordan Love is trending. And here's the thing, guys. In Aaron Rodgers' first year as the full-time starter with the Green Bay Packers, they were 6-10. and 10. But at the end of that year, we felt like it was a win because of how Aaron Rodgers looked at the end of the season. I feel like it's setting up to be a similar situation with Jordan Love. Not saying Jordan Love is going to be Aaron Rodgers, but I'm saying in terms of having stability and having competent quarterback play with a guy that can make some special plays every now and again, I think the Packers have found that in love. And, oh, by the way, Jordan, I mean, excuse me, Aaron Rodgers last year with the Green Bay Packers, they were 8-9, and nine, which is last year. There's a chance that they are better than that, or at least at that, this year, both Jordan Love and Brock Purdy would fit as answers to this question. It is Black Friday, right? So you're looking for all the values everywhere, the best values in sports. And we can open that up to you guys at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 in the Dots of Prepper call online. Best values in sports, Brock Purdy making about $10 an hour, I think is a pretty damn good value. And Jordan <laughs> Love is like a 5 to $7 million cap hit, insane value. Who else would be a part of that value play in sports? We're going to get your calls in on that uh, coming up as well. Chuck in Virginia watching on ESPNU joins us here on Unsportsmanlike. What's going on, Chuck? Hey, hey, how y'all doing, man? Uh... You know, I'm in the festive mood because my team, you know, they kind of crushed yesterday. So, uh, you know, I'm going to buy y'all a pair of shoes. And for Michelle, young lady, I'm going to get you a pair of stilettos because you always on point. Oh, thank you, Chuck. And uh, Evan, yeah, I'm going to buy Evan a pair of loafers because you kind of loaf around a little bit. <laughs> and uh, Kathy, I'm going to get you Jeez. a big old pair of flip-flops, man, because you flip-flop a lot. <laughs> and, uh, what I'm saying, man, is, you know, what do you, what you think now about Dallas? You think Dallas is better than Detroit, even though Dallas beat Detroit last year, 24 to six? You still try to put Detroit over Dallas? Come on, man. 
Well, Detroit is going to win a division. Dallas ain't going to win a division. So, I mean, what you saying? Like, that's the part that I, I – like, I get it. Detroit lost yesterday. It was embarrassing to lose at home against the Green Bay Packers. But but let's be clear about one thing. First of all, the Packers are a better team than the Washington Commanders, mm-hmm. right? But then the other part of the game is this. Every team has games where they don't play that well. Like, we saw that with the Dallas Cowboys against the San Francisco 49ers. They got smoked 42-10. to 10. So, I'm just saying – it happens in the NFL, and I got a reason why it happened with Detroit. It was the turnovers and the fourth down failed conversions yesterday. Like, it ain't going to be too many games where Detroit goes one of five on fourth down and they lose the turnover battle three nothing and they allow a defensive score. There ain't going to be too many outings where Dan Campbell doesn't have his team ready to play. But I said from week to week, I trust what I'm going to get from the Detroit Lions more than I trust what I'm going to get from the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys look great, but they hadn't beaten anybody. At least I can say the Detroit Lions have beaten some teams that we would consider championship contenders. The Detroit Lions beat the Kansas City Chiefs on the regular season opener this season. Like, that's a win that they have under their belt. The Detroit Lions have shown that they can play against top competition and come out on the winning side of it. And that's the biggest difference. That's why I give them the nod over over the Dallas Cowboys right now. All right, coming up. Will this be the last time we see Jim Harbaugh versus Ryan Day along with the stiletto and the flip-flop? I'm the loafer. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Our college football coverage brought to you by Bear. Bear is awesome. Let me tell you why. This Saturday, let the Home Depot help you get projects done right with Bear Premium Plus interior paint. Let the Home Depot help you get those projects right. Bear Premium Plus interior paint. Well, when speaking of college football, obviously, for this weekend, we are definitely speaking of Michigan, Ohio State. Beanie Wells is a former Ohio State and NFL running back and obviously had tremendous success both places and joins us now to talk Michigan, Ohio State. Beanie, best example in your life of you displaying to the world how much you actually hate Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, growing up, obviously, through that rivalry, you know, growing up in the state of Ohio, um, you kind of understood that the disdain that you had for that school up north, especially during my childhood. You know, I uh, didn't experience a lot of victories growing up. And, you know, I uh, I had some family play for the University of Michigan. And uh, it wasn't a good situation when you're growing up rooting for one school. And, you know, you got a whole different household at my grandma's house or cousins rooting for the other school. And you're not winning. So it was, uh, it was embedded in me from an early age, uh, not liking that university as far as the football team goes. 
Beanie, the last time that Michigan beat Ohio State three times in a row, you got to go back to 95, 97, so nearly 30 years ago. But that's what Ohio State is faced with potentially going into the big house. I know there'll be pressure on Kyle McCord and Marvin Harrison Jr. to make sure that that doesn't happen. But how much pressure is on Ryan Day going into the game where Jim Harbaugh won't be on the opposite sideline for Michigan? You know, I think there's a lot of pressure on Ryan Day. You know, regardless of if Harbaugh's on the sideline or not, you know, Ryan Day, uh, one, he doesn't want to lose that game for, for himself. He doesn't want to use it for the university, the kids, and everybody that puts so much into it uh, from a fan standpoint either. And, you know, to, to lose to that school as a coach uh, three times, to lose anyways is, you know, disheartening. and It's not a good feeling around town. Um, but to lose three times in a row, that would be, you know, an ugly situation. And I'm not saying it would be one of those deals where, you know, he's fighting for his job, but he, he'll certainly – be feeling the pressure around town and just around the university uh, doing so. So it's a lot of pressure on him for sure. Beanie, as CeCe mentioned, Jim Harbaugh not going to be on the sidelines for this one as he completes his suspension because of the sign-stealing scandal and Connor Stallion's behavior. As an Ohio State guy, did you think the punishment fit the crime? Yeah, that's a tricky situation because initially, you know, out the gate, I didn't think it was the biggest thing in the world. I'm just sitting there thinking that, you know, everybody tries to, you know, get a competitive advantage. And if you're a coach and you can kind of figure out some signals, um, you know, just based off of being on the other sideline, knowing what they're doing, you got to utilize that. But then when it, you know, dug a little bit deeper into the situation and now you have coaches being on other university sidelines, you know, uh, disguising themselves, I think that's where, you know, you got to draw the line um, because it is cheap. Um, and you can't have situations like that going on in college football. So, does the punishment fit the crime? I don't know. When you win those games like Michigan did the last couple of years, getting to the college football playoff, it's more than wins and losses. You know, when Michigan goes to the college football playoff, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars being made for that program. So how do you discipline that? How do you evaluate that discipline situation? I don't know if three games is enough, um, but I think the NCAA, when they come in, uh, they'll get do a good job of figuring that out. But three games out the gate, considering, you know, the amount of money that's being made and, you know, the lives that are changed with wins and losses in college football, I just don't know. Talking with Beanie Wells, former OSU running back here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen, with you, obviously, Ohio State, Michigan tomorrow. Beanie, I'm going to give you two scenarios. You tell me which one you would choose as an Ohio State alum as a former player. Option A, you lose tomorrow, but you win a national championship. Option B, you win tomorrow, but you lose in the national championship. I think option B all day long. <laughs> would everyone else? 100%. Would everyone else? Would non-players, like fans around the state of Ohio, would everyone else agree with you? I think so, especially at this stage. Now, if we're talking a situation where Ohio State's been winning the last few years, maybe it might be a little bit different for myself. But well, no, it wouldn't be different for myself. I never want to lose those guys, <laughs> but it may be different for fans. Um, but, you know, we're talking three years in a row. I don't think anybody out there would take losing three years in a row uh, to go get a national championship. I don't think it's worth it. Uh, and I'm, you know, wow. willing to believe a ton of fans wouldn't think it was worth it either. Wow. Wait, wait. I just want to make sure we're clear on this. So you're saying beating Michigan is more important than winning a national championship? 100%. I don't know if you guys. <laughs> go ahead. No, you good, Beanie. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I don't know if. Uh, you guys understand what that does to the state of Ohio, <laughs> the, the morale of you got little kids. I, I was, you know, eight, nine years old walking around crying 
um, because Ohio State was losing to Michigan growing up. So what that does to little kids, what that does to adults, and uh, the super fan, what that does to them, it's a brutal situation. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't think people like feeling that way. Um, now, we go out and win. I don't think there's anybody in Ohio that's not excited for the next week or two, um, like where they're calling off work. But obviously for 365 days, people are going to be pumped up. So just imagine, you know, the, the, the heartbreak they felt the last couple of years for an entire year. Uh, it's not a good feeling at all. Yeah, I mean, it means more not to lose to Michigan three times in a row than it does winning the national title. Wow. Amazing. That is incredible. Uh, BD, really quickly, the bar for Ohio State is winning national championships, right? And, of course, you've got to be in the college football playoff to do it. Right now, based on the current format, there are four teams involved. But next year, they're expanding to a 12-team playoff format. But the Big Ten is also expanding uh, the conference, adding UCLA, Oregon, USC, and Washington. And so I wanted to ask you, as an OSU alum, which one are you more excited for, the expanded college football playoff format or the Big Ten conference expansion? Certainly for the uh, expanded college football playoff format. You know, I think every year there's so many – great football teams that and it always comes down to the wire. You have those one loss teams that aren't able to get in there. And I mean, you know, like I know being a former player, when you're uh, on a hot run late in the season and let's say you lost early, anything can happen. I mean, you could catch fire and just beat anybody at, at that point in time because guys are starting to, you know, understand football a little bit more. Guys are starting to get a little bit more healthy. Um, so I like the, the, the expansion of the, the, the playoff just from a standpoint of, you know, guys can get in that op- good opportunity to get in that college football playoff, and we're going to see, I don't know whether it's going to be next year or the year after, but we're going to see those stories in which we've seen in college basketball where we have that Cinderella football team, essentially, that goes out and knocks everybody off, not because they're, let's say they're the best team in the country, but because they're the hottest team at the moment. Beanie, you have talked about the importance of this game between these two universities, but... Heather Dinich, our colleague here at ESPN, had uh, a little nugget in her article about how when you walk in Ohio State football's building, there is a sign that says greatest rivalry. And it has an Ohio State helmet, a Michigan helmet, and has a clock that is constantly ticking down the seconds until the big game, until this rivalry game. Is this something, this game, the importance of it that looms over the school? Is this something you feel from the second that you walk in uh, to campus when you arrive for football early in the summer? You know what, I think as an Ohio kid, I certainly did. And, you know, the other Ohio kids certainly do um, because they understand the magnitude of the moment. But I think it takes time for a kid, let's say, from Florida uh, when he gets to Ohio State to to actually fully digest what that rivalry means to everybody. He isn't going to get it when he first gets on campus. He probably is not going to get it, you know, three weeks into the season. But as it gets closer and closer to the game, um, and, you know, the coaches are reiterating what it means. And you have former players and, and guys that are from Ohio reiterating what it, what it means and how important it is. They start to get it. But certainly for Ohio kids, they, they get it 110% because they, they eat, sleep, and breathe it. Beanie, thank you so much for the time today. We do appreciate it. Enjoy the game tomorrow, which is obviously, I mean, per you, it seems like bigger than the Super Bowl, World Series, <laughs> NBA Finals, and Stanley Cup combined. <laughs> so thank you, Beanie. Uh, go Bucks! Thanks a lot. All right, there he is, Beanie Wells, former OSU running back, joining us here on Unsportsmanlike. I'm so jealous of that feeling that you have a rivalry game that matters that much. 
I think mm. it's crazy. I love it. I'm, I, I wish crazy. I had it. Extra, spi- extra spicy. I, I, like, I'm not trying to crap on the rivalry, but, like, it should not mean more than winning a national championship. I'm sorry. It just shouldn't. When you have a chance at a national championship. It's well, different I think if you don't. Say, but, but here's what I think he, what he was saying was it means more not to lose three years in a row. Yes. Right. Because that means three years of misery in the state of Ohio. Yeah. Like, I mean, if it's like, okay, we won last year, we lost this year. Yeah, it sucks, but it's not the worst thing in the world. But to lose the game three years in a row, I mean, you're basically talking about a presidential term (laughs) where you haven't won the biggest rivalry in college football. Nobody wants to be miserable that long. So I I get where he's coming from. But I will counter it by saying, using your career, your Super Bowl win will last your entire lifetime. Right, if he's talking about the three years, like a national championship lasts an entire lifetime. That that to me is just the crazy part about this whole thing. Obviously not the only college football game this weekend. Tune in for college football action tomorrow night. Florida and Florida State presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. All right, we'll get more of your phone calls in. The Thanksgiving leftovers and best sports values like Black Friday deals in sports. Which guys, which contracts, which teams have the best values around sports? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, plus Evan Almighty coming up. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Making predictions can be tough. Wrong, 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 wrong. Unless you're the chosen one. He's the chosen one. This is Kevin Almighty. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. CC went over to get up. Smalls and I, Evan Cohen, with you here. We're going to get to Evan Almighty in a second, but we do want to open it up to the phones at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Two things we're looking for today. One, day after Thanksgiving, best leftover meal. I'm saying mac and cheese. You don't eat leftovers, which is just ridiculous that Smalls does not eat any leftovers. Also, best sports value deal. Like, everybody's looking for the value deal today on Black Friday. Best sports value deal has to be Brock Purdy, right? 
Is there one that competes? I don't know. That's really good. Jordan Love feels like a pretty good value but, deal right now. But more than Brock Purdy, the production that you're getting from so him based on Brock the contract? So do we leave Brock Purdy out because it is so amazing that he makes less than a million dollars and he may be an MVP candidate this year? And he could win a Super Bowl? And he could. he's going to win a Super Bowl this year. Like, it's going to happen. They're going to win the Super Bowl. I don't know about I'm, that. I believe it. Okay. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Give us your best sports value deal on Black Friday and... The best leftovers here, of course, day after Thanksgiving. Real quick, you yes. could argue that I'm a value deal because I'm not eating the leftovers. So if you're one of my family members, you're getting more bang for your buck at the meal because you get double the food if you bring me along. Okay. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Are you pitching yourself to others right now or just you know, your family members? You just – I self-reported. I know it's weird that I don't like leftovers. I'm just trying to spin it in a positive way. Okay. All right. There she goes. Smalls just made herself a value deal. That's what just happened. Yeah, that's right. All right. Here we go. Uh, Evan Almighty, my predictions for the weekend. Prediction number one, at least one NFL head coach or coordinator will be fired by the time we come in on Monday. There we go. That's my first one. Second one, you know I've been very anti-Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Very anti. You have, you have. And I've been very pro-Philadelphia with the Eagles, even though I think the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl, that I think the Eagles just finding ways to win is awesome. Well, if Buffalo plays the way they did last week, where they just allow Josh Allen to run the football, throw the ball less, be more efficient, Buffalo over Philly this week. I can't believe I'm doing that. After Philly beat Kansas City this week, this past week, Buffalo over Philly. Next one. In the least eventful thing of all time, but it feels like that kind of weekend with some of the games that we have coming up this weekend. There will be a tie in the NFL this weekend. There's going to be a tie. You got Giants, Patriots. You have Cardinals, Rams. You have bad ish game. Titans and the Panthers. There's going to be a tie in the NFL this weekend. It feels like it'll be Giants, Pats because of our show. 3 3. It's a, it's like a, a must lose or... game for both of you. Yeah. And it feels like we're going to come back on Monday and, and neither one of you is going to have secured the L. That's probably true. Um, next one. I think the Broncos' winning streak continues. Ooh. I think they go. Um, I think they go and beat the Cleveland Browns. Ooh. Obviously, the Cleveland Browns are without a quarterback. Their quarterback, they have DTR. Their defense is unbelievable. But the Broncos are rolling right now. They've won four games in a row. They're five hundred, and I think that is what we're going to do and have the Broncos over the Browns this weekend. And the last one: the winner of Michigan Ohio State will be by double digits. Whoa. That it will not end up being a close game, and we are going to see one of these two teams win by double digits, which will eliminate the argument of, well, should both of them potentially be in? So I am going to say the winner of that game will be by double digits in the game coming up tomorrow. Are you leaning with one team or the other? Leaning, leaning Michigan. Leaning Michigan. That's that's kind of where I'm going on that one. All right, there we go. 888-SAY-ESPN. Telephone number to join the show. Bill in Santa Monica, California, listening on ESPN 830. What's up, Bill? Hey, Evan. Michelle. Hey, Evan, I just want to know, are you from Delaware or where are you from? From New York. New York. Oh, okay. That explains your, your not understanding the rivalry between Ohio and Michigan. 
Well, why don't I, I understand they hate each other. I've been to Cleveland a million times. I've been to games at Michigan. I understand it is the number one rivalry in all of college football by a mile. Arguably I totally in get all that. of sports, by the yeah, way. Yeah, arguably in all of sports. But my whole thing, Bill, is that I think it's crazy this year when both teams have a shot at a national championship to say, give me a win in this game, even if I don't, in the hypothetical, even if I don't get a win in a national championship. Why, why would this be more important than this year winning a national championship? Well, it's like Beanie said. I mean, I, was, I live in California, but I was born and raised in Ohio. And I'll let you understand some things about that. First, Michigan's had three Heisman Trophy winners. One was from Indiana, Tom Harmon. The other two were from Ohio, actually the Cleveland area. Uh, Michigan, who are your two greatest coaches in Michigan? Would you say Schimbeckler and Harbaugh? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, Both I mean, born in Ohio. I mean, well, One time Roy when Clarence I was growing up, good. they filled it a team that nine of their starters on offense were all from Ohio. We fought a war with those people, and we took those islands in Lake Erie. We can't stand them. And they've won three times in this century, and one was with the Materum coach because they fired um, – Trestle because of some nonsense about tattoos. Right. I, I, under, I understand all of that. But, Bill, again, answer this question. Do both teams have a shot at winning a national championship this year? The right. Answer, okay. So my scenario. Of them. You know, they still have to get by Iowa, too. Don't forget that. I, I understand I mean, that. But my scenario, my scenario in the hypothetical, and thanks for the call. My scenario smells in the hypothetical was if I gave you a loss this weekend, either one of those teams, but hypothetically I give you a national championship – what Beanie Wells just told us is, no, I wouldn't sign up for that. I would, As an Ohio State guy, I would not sign up for that. That winning this weekend is more important than winning a national championship because I don't want the three in a row against Michigan. Like, are you kidding me? When you walk in the Ohio State football facility, there is a clock that counts down the seconds until this game. It's not counting down the seconds until the national championship game. Because it's not on your schedule. But but you know when the date will be, or roughly, you know, it's not as if that is the goal that you're seeing every day. That's not what you're feeling the sense of urgency around. Of course you want to win a national championship. But this is about pride, Evan. This is about honor. This is about doing it for your state, for this group of people who it really matters to. And that... That's a really, really big deal. But every single one of us has a uh, are fans of a certain team that has a rivalry. And I understand the rivalry may not be Michigan-Ohio State. No part of me would sign up to win rivalry games over winning titles. And what the people in the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry would sign up to win the rivalry game over winning a title. That they deem this to be the national championship tomorrow at noon Eastern time. But, but that also shows you their sports privilege and how good that these – universities have been at football like I went to Illinois there's no way that well first of all we don't have a great rival Northwestern not not really a thing we try to make it happen it's not a thing no one cares on either side but we haven't won so you know we haven't been good so of course I would always take a national championship over a rivalry game but when you've been really good and had a lot of success and you have the best rivalry in sports they're kind of going to be on the same level with one another. I get it. But again, it's the best rivalry in sports, but the goal of any team in any sport is to win it all. And and the fans of Michigan-Ohio State, I think – it's not that I think they're jaded. They're amazing fans, all of them. I think that their priorities this specific year – should be on the national championship. They have a legit shot of winning a national championship. And I just can't believe that we still have people saying, 
yeah, like I'd rather win tomorrow and I don't care as much about the national championship. To me, it would be I want to win tomorrow and route to a national championship. My ultimate goal is to get to the national championship. I don't complete my ultimate goal by winning tomorrow. Jim in Ohio listening on 1410 AM. What's up, Jim? I just don't think it's quite been explained correctly. (laughs) Think about it as kind of a a sibling rivalry, all right? I mean, I couldn't. Like, my my brother and my brother and I are really competitive, and uh, we box. And I, I mean, I want to wear win a pair of uh, golden gloves. My big brother can still look at me and he says, "Yeah, but I can still kick your ass." I get it, but you I won golden gloves. Ass. You you actually, as a boxer, you actually have a level of accomplishment that is really difficult to get to that you accomplished. Right. So, yes, if your brother has your number, that's great. That's like and thanks for the call. That's like, do you think the guy who beat out Michael Jordan for his high school basketball team thinks he's better than Michael Jordan? No, but he's telling everybody he knows that he beat out Michael Jordan. Yeah. That's his you, scoreboard in life. And which would you rather to have Michael's life or that well, guy's life? Of course, life? you'd rather be Michael Jordan, the greatest of all time. But I'm saying sometimes, Evan, the scoreboard is different for people. Your scoreboard might be national championships. When you grow up in an area when you grow up in Ohio, they outlaw the letter M. I get it. They cross it out. You can't even use that letter. And when that is ingrained in you every single day to hate this specific team and know that this game has this much importance, anything past that kind of feels like a cherry on the top. All right. Pat has asked the question about which is more likely to get a, get you fired, losing to Michigan or losing to the national championship. I get it, losing to Michigan, but that's because you don't also get to the national championship. Well, this specific year. Right, but if Ryan Day gets the national championship and loses to Georgia, he's not getting fired, is he? Right, so that, that, that's the point. The national championship is the line of demarcation. I don't think it should be that specific game. All right, coming up, smile, uh, Smalls will put a smile on your face, on all of our faces, with positive programming. I'm for it. Next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Welcome back to Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. I'm Michelle Smallman alongside Chris Canty and Evan Cohen. 
And this is the, the part of the show where we do a little positive programming. We make everyone smile. And we have a great slate of stories today, guys. Coming off Thanksgiving, there's always things that are going to make you smile. And I want to start with something that Pat hated. At 7.45 mm. Eastern Time, Pat always does the things that he hates. He's over. And he started with the halftime shows. And I loved them for two specific reasons. Well, we're going to leave Steve Aoki out of this. It was He's like the, the L.A. Chargers of the halftime shows yesterday. It was good, but we're not going to talk about it, okay? It. We're just okay. not going to talk about it. But let's start with Jack Harlow. A lot of people were ripping Jack Harlow's halftime performance. Um, it was the Lions-Packers game. They didn't love the set. It looked kind of like an igloo. He had one of his buddies. He's up there with him. People were saying that it looked like a low-budget set. (laughs) And they really took it to Jack Harlow yesterday. But he posted this on Instagram, guys. And this is what made me smile. He said that the main reason that he said yes to this halftime show, regardless of the – or aside from the opportunity, is how much family he has in Detroit and all the time that he spent growing up visiting that city. He says, I kid you not, my great-great-grandfather had a heart attack and passed away in the stands at the Lions Thanksgiving game in the 1960s, so he had to bring it home for him. Wow. Isn't that amazing? So everyone can rip the set design. They can rip the performance. I thought it was so special that Jack Harlow had that full circle moment with his family So I just want to put this in perspective. Positive programming, things that make you smile. You bring up someone who died in the stands (laughs) at a Lions game? I just want to be clear. that, That you think is going to make everyone smile. Yes. A guy dying in the sands. But then his great Because great he's related to Jack Harlow. Got to do the halftime show at that game many years later. You, come on, that's a little cool. That's I mean, cool. sure, but I don't know that that's going to make anyone smile, but it is something of interest, that's for sure. If, okay? a, tra- if a tragedy happened in your family and you got to do something to spin it positively many decades later, you don't think that that's cool? Yeah, there's a chance that I perform at a Lions game at halftime, I think. Yeah, it's, I'm vanilla, baby. That's what he says in the new song, right? Yeah. I like the new song. Do you it's like great. You I like love it. it. It's yeah, a great it's workout song. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next. Next is Dolly Parton. She did the halftime show between the Commanders and the Dallas Cowboys. And Pat says he doesn't need the halftime shows. He's over it. Did you see her in the Dallas Cowboys cheerleader uniform yesterday? This woman is 77 years old. And she got out there looking like that yesterday. I I need her to drop the workout regimen. What is the diet, Dolly? Because she looks better than I do, and I'm less than half her age. She looks amazing. Shout out to Dolly Parton for for putting on a show yesterday. That's interesting. I didn't see anybody tweeting about how she looked yesterday. Is that new? I mean, (laughs) Cece, what do you think? No, Dolly. Dolly looked great. She looked like a dish yesterday. She a was dish. doing her thing. It was it was impressive that she owned it. Like, and, and she got out there with the Cowboys cheerleader outfit on. I know a lot of people would shy away from that. She didn't. She leaned in. I thought that was dope. She looked good. She definitely. I mean, let's be honest. I know she's seventy seven, but she absolutely looked good. Looked she like she looked a, a dish. lot better than Jack Harlow did at his halftime show. Mm, wow. But did you hear, Cece, I know you're reconnecting with us after your hit on Get Up, but did you hear what I say, said about his great-grandfather? I did not. So he had a heart attack at the Lions Thanksgiving game in the 1960s. He actually passed away. He was a huge Lions fan. Jack Harlow has a bunch of family in Detroit, and he said yes to this opportunity because he wanted to have uh, a little homage to his great-grandfather who loved the team and loved this game specifically. Again, she's bringing up a person that died, that died at a stadium for positive programming. 
Yeah, I, I just think he, he might have said yes to the opportunity to do the halftime show. He should have said no to the stage and the production manager because they didn't do their damn jobs. That, that, that tent that he was trying to pass off as an igloo, that, that ain't it, bro. That's that actually where Aaron Rodgers stayed this offseason, as a matter of yeah. fact. They had him in there. And now For he's, the darkness you know, retreat yeah, the or darkness the retreat. Ayahuasca? Yeah. ayahuasca? I'm not sure. Which one? Yes. yes. Both. All, all of, Both. Okay, all of the above, the darkness retreat? Yeah. Got it. Okay, well, you guys, we see college athletes all the time make announcements about the end of their careers. Most notably, we see a lot of big-time college football players announce that they're going to the draft. And I wanted to give a shout-out to Barclay Briggs. He is a lineman from Davidson. And he had an announcement yesterday that he was going to the draft, but it's gone viral. Can I read it to you guys? Sure. He says, there are countless people who I have to thank for making my dreams of playing Division One football a reality. But I especially want to express my gratitude to my family, my coaches, Oprah Winfrey, my teammates, Winston Churchill, my friends, and all those who have supported me throughout this journey. With that being said, I will be foregoing my remaining eligibility to enter my name into the 2024 NFL Draft. Many of you may ask yourselves, if he barely saw playing time at a non-scholarship FCS program, why does this guy think that he has any any chance in the NFL. This is an entirely reasonable reaction, and I don't blame any of you for thinking this. I will provide roughly zero on-field value for an NFL franchise, but I'd probably be pretty fun to have around. <laughs> Thank you, Davidson uh, Football. It's been an, on- an honor, and I will forever be a Wildcat. I feel like I'm not kidding when I say this. I feel like Mike McDaniel of the Dolphins would draft this guy. Just for the bit. He's like got to get Mike a shot. Mike McDaniel feels like the guy that would just draft him and be like, this would be funny. Let's draft this guy. Yeah, he had, a, he had a note at the beginning that over the past four years, he was a diligent career backup at Davidson. He only played during blowouts <laughs> or when starters got what injured. But he refused to let that stop him from being a scrappy, sneaky, athletic, fundamental, high football IQ, lunch pail guy. This is an unbelievable announcement, and some NFL team is going to give him a shot. No? Oh, just to have that full circle moment. Oh, my gosh. A diligent career backup. <laughs> what does that even mean? I have no idea. But I always say this, guys. Um, a, a, a player that understands his limitations is a more effective player. And he understands that his limitations has to do with everything on the field with football. <laughs> but he's got great intangibles and he's great in the locker room. So somebody sign this guy up. I mean, listen, we've seen teams, New England, draft quarterbacks that never threw a touchdown pass in college. Matt Castle was drafted by the New England Patriots. He played in 34 games. He was 20 of 33 in college. No touchdowns. One interception. New England drafted him, and he won double-digit games multiple times in the NFL as a starting quarterback. Wow. So maybe this guy is next up. Maybe. Maybe he is. I want to get to this yesterday. Lions, Packers, Packers with a great win yesterday. Rashawn Gary getting the game ball for Matt LaFour. Jared Goff was uh, hit 12 times that day. Rashawn Gary... All three of the team's sacks, he had seven tackles in total. And at this time last year, on November 6th of last year, Rashawn Gary tore his ACL. He missed the rest of the season. So for one year later, him to have this performance and get the game ball, it meant a lot to him. It was a very emotional scene in the Packers locker room after the game when Matt LaFleur gave him the game ball. No, that was I, you, I have one special game ball. This dude... Career high, three sacks today. Hey. And more importantly, right, we all remember this a year ago. A year ago. You came back. You came back with the vengeance. 
ball from his head coach, Matt LaFleur, really letting the emotions flow, guys. And thank you to the Green Bay Packers for that audio and that video. But wasn't that a, a great moment for him yesterday? No, that's great. And for his coach to recognize that and have that, you know, top of mind, understanding what that means to that player because of the circumstances around it with the ACL injury, that's big, man. That's that's what you want from your coach. That that's 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 the human element of sports that we don't always get a glimpse into. But but it shows you that it means much more than just getting the win, just knowing what that guy was able to come back from with that knee reconstruction. Last thing, guys, we're running out of time here, but I just want to give a shout out to our TV producer, Jerry. It's his last day on the show. And even though it's so sad for us, he's on to a great new opportunity, which is positive programming. So, Jerry, we love you. Shout out to you. Shout out to Jerry. We're on Sportsman Life on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.